With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. N-Y-Y-S-T. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Swinging for the fences. Knock it out the park. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Christian and Chris. Of course, SGR. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Call me New York. Yankee Sports Talk, record, rain or shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, N-Y-Y-S-T, you're hanging with the fellas. Welcome back, this is episode 348 of the N-Y-Y-S-T podcast, we're live on N-Y-Y Underground, I'm your host Christian, as always, I'm not joined by my co-host Chris, it's SGR! What up? It's sometimes that muscle memory just kicks in and you just can't help it, we've yeah, done 300... Just this is uh like I said, we've done three, probably even more because there's been like sub episodes, but officially yeah. 348 episodes. Spin off episodes. Where's We're Chris? Uh, I don't know. Did uh-huh. he get put on the waiver wire? Did he get put on the waiver wire? Did anybody call him and tell him yeah, he's yeah. on the waiver wire? Uh-huh. Did, he get, <laughs> did he get picked up by another podcast? <laughs> did another podcast pick him up off waivers? Was yeah. that? Was that dickish that I put him on waivers? I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, maybe you could have let him know. I mean, this you have done almost 350 episodes together. This is true. I would like to go back in the archives and see like when the the open took effect. Like when did when did Welcome Back become the official open of the show? Right. That's actually yeah. That we should do that. Go back, see when we started having like slogans and shit. Let's do well, it. uh, it's uh, August 31st, the last day of August. It's been, uh, it's summer's almost over after this weekend. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll be the end of this, the unofficial end of summer, and uh, we'll be marching down the days till the unofficial. Well, the Yankees are done, I mean, till yeah. the official end of the season for the Yankees. Um, they had a they had a chance to sweep the Tigers and uh, earlier today, and uh, they fell short. Uh, you know, you looked at that lineup, you, you kind of figured there'd be no judge today, especially after he fouled the ball off his toe last night. So, mm. but, and this is what I said, and we, you know, we're not going to, like we said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on the stuff that, that happens on the field here, but you know, you gotta, you, you gotta love the fact that the Yankees were down to their final out today, down three and Volpe puts one over the fence. It's, hey, it's squeaked one over the wall there. That was nice. And now it's a 2020 season for Anthony Volpe as a rookie. Uh, I don't know. Did he get the OPS over 700s? Because that's one of the things I'm looking for at, as the season ends here is that Volpe gets that that OPS over 700. If you, if you do that, right, let's say Volpe has a 700 OPS yeah, season. it's 707 now. It's 707 right now. That's right. If he, can, if he can even stretch it a little bit, get to like in the 720s, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to – Possibly have tw- if he goes like has a 25 25 season with a 725 OPS, you got to call that a very successful rookie year for Anthony Volpe. Absolutely. Because you look at the slow, I guess, 
he, he at least he was getting on base early on, but then he hit a, a rough patch for a, a little while. The fact that he turned it around and and since that chicken parm incident, he has been a completely different player. So good to see. Don yeah, Sicario mean, in the chat. Oh hey, Don Donso, he's in the chat. That's right. Because you got to remember when uh, Volpe was g- given the news that he had won the job out of spring training, that he was told that the Yankees wanted him to finish um, his development at the big league level. So I think even to a man, the Yankees would say that he wasn't a finished product. So if he, at this point in the season, and that he's only missed one game, the Yankees have only gave, given him one full day off that he's pretty much played every single day and is really not even hit a rookie wall. It seems he's been playing, you know, better as the season is going on it's got you got to be very hopeful for the future of anthony volpe going forward and uh you know it it sucks that this is where we're at as as yankee fans but you know when you wake up on friday and you know you thought this was going to be a big series you know possibly another alcs preview with the houston astros and you're getting to instead of that what you're going to see is hopefully you know, two more young guys in the lineup there because the, it's pretty much uh, not a secret anymore. Everybody broke it on thir- on a Wednesday that the Martian is going to land in Houston and so is Austin Wells. So stuff to look forward to there. The top two prospects in the system coming up, you know, it'll give us something to look forward to in September. And no, we're not really going to get a feel for playoff baseball, but it'll be nice to see what they have in the kids and what you can maybe look forward to for next season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Because so far, since Pereira and Peraza have been called up, Pereira has played every day. Peraza got has a uh, he. I think he came into the game later today. I didn't uh, watch the game. I thought I was following it and listening to it. So, um, but I believe he came in later in the game. I don't think he started today. He's had two games where he didn't start. So. You know, you wonder, do the Yankees feel more uh, a little bit better about the future of, of Pereira that they're giving him seem to be giving him more of an extended run? I haven't exactly been in love with what I've seen out of Pereira. There's a lot of chase in his game right now, and hopefully this is something that he works on, right? I mean, we, we got to remember that Aaron Judge, who, when healthy, is the best player in baseball, right, or one of the top three. I mean, you want to put Acuna up there. You want, obviously, Shohei. People want to put bets in there. You can't uh, name whoever you're not putting. If you put Aaron Judge lower than fifth, then I don't respect your opinion uh, in baseball. Okay, fair. But Aaron Judge struck out 50% of the time, literally 50% of the time that he came to the plate in 2016. So, I mean, you don't want to make too much out of Pereira, but you would like to see a lot, a little bit more hard contact. And what's really stunning to me right now is. Peraz is not hit at all, man, at all this no. year. Now he's hitting 136 right now, OPS 4, 411. And he did, uh, he was a pinch hitter in this game today. He came in later. But yeah, only 11 hits and 81 at bats this year. Not looking great, but I mean, defensively, he's been a nice, you know, component. But yeah, I don't know. The offense hasn't been quite there yet. But, but again, Get, we got to give it time because remember what the narrative was when Volpe was at his lowest point. It was how much longer are we? How much longer do you want them to to do this experiment with him? 
And now, I mean, that question isn't even a thought in my mind anymore. It's Vol- Volpe's the shortstop. So it could turn like that. So I just think maybe some more at-bats. I, that's that's what's good about calling up the kids now is that you get this experience this year, get some uh, lighthearted baseball rather than you know, playoff push baseball. So it could be a nice sort of uh, welcoming for these guys. Uh, I mean, the only thing that concerns me more about Peraza than Pereira is that Peraza – even though it was truncated, was up here earlier this year, mm-hmm. and he was here last year, and he actually hit really well last year. I think, I don't know, did he hit 300 in the last year? It was high to some somewhere around there. He hit well last year. He played in the yeah, postseason. 306. 306. Mm-hmm. So, and he played in the postseason, so you were hoping that, you know, a guy that already had a taste of big leagues wouldn't be struggling this much, but you know, he had a, he had a hard hit ball last night that the center fielder ran down, so, you know, Hopefully things will turn for him, but here's the deal, right? There's no more uh, somebody, you know, because I tweeted this, you know, I was at I was at a meeting today, and you know, I was just checking the score on my phone, and when I saw that Volpe hit a home run to tie the game in the ninth inning, I, I gave out like an audible, yeah, and like, and people were like looking at me, like, what the hell is wrong with you? But <laughs> The game means nothing. It doesn't matter. The Yankees, even if they had won today, they're not going to the postseason. They still have a they're still gonna have a hard time, in my opinion, of finishing above five hundred. But it's like you're still you still get caught up in certain moments, right? Sure. And I don't know, man. It's just you you're now you're looking forward to what these kids can do. And you hope that every day going forward that you see these names wells Pereira Peraza Volpe Dominguez are all in the lineup every single day there's no reason that Jake Bauer should be getting at bats anymore I I, I respect the hell out, hell out of what IKF has done for this team this year there's no reason he should be getting at bats anymore I mean you gotta you you gotta play uh wells behind the plate Lemayu's probably gonna play at first Glaber Volpe uh, Raza, then you're going to go Pereira, Dominguez, Judge. I mean, that's going to be your team, right? And stands mm-hmm. as as the DH. There's no real reason to give anybody else at bats right now. You're calling these kids up. It would be wasteful, honestly, wasteful to just let them sit on the bench and do nothing. And you know, you gotta you gotta find you gotta find answers, man. Go let these kids get a taste of the big leagues right now. Because honestly, what's more important to this team next year? Jake Bowers playing 20 games or, or Jason Dominguez playing 20, 25 games? Right. Yeah. You're going to want Dominguez out there. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You, you hope that that's the approach going forward. It seems like that is what they've, you know, what they're going to do because you've seen such a limited IKF over these last, you know, week, two, two weeks. Right. So he's already taken that hit. Oh, you know, to get before we get any further into the show, uh, just a reminder, if you're in the chat right now, please uh, like uh, this video, subscribe to NYY Underground. Uh, we're, we are so close to 20K, so let's get there. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star rating and review. And somebody just mentioned the event in the, in the chat. So, yeah, there are still limited tickets available September 23rd. In the Audi Club at Yankee Stadium for NYYU Day. It's Aaron Judge Bobblehead Day. So you're going to come out and hang out with everybody at NYYU. You're going to get a Judge Bobble. 
and you're going to get to see the kids play, man. It's going to, you know, obviously I would much rather be getting ready for postseason baseball or have the Yankees in a pennant race right now, but I still feel a sense of excitement that we're going to get to see these kids play, man. Cause all you've been hearing about for four years and is, is Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells has been a name that, that has been talked about a lot. So I'm still going to I'm I'm going to be excited man. I'm going to be if Dominguez and Wells are going to be in the lineup tomorrow, I'm going to be glued to the TV like it was an actual like the Yankees were a game out of first place. Yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited to see these guys. Another good thing too that kind of eases uh the pressure on these guys that they're all up now together. So it's going to be no one's really in the spotlight right now. I, I although Dominguez I guess would be kind of the the at the forefront, right? Yeah, I would so, say so, yeah. but uh, I, I mean, Verlander is a scheduled pitcher tomorrow for Damn. for the Astros, and honestly, if the Yankees are going to sit Dominguez or Wells tomorrow because Verlander's on the mound, then what was the point of even calling him up? Let them, I, yeah, I mean, let, come on, dude, what them, a better I mean, first game! Than let them get a Verlander. taste against, yeah. yeah, man, let them get that taste against Justin Verlander. You know, why not have what have a future Hall of Famer be the first guy that you face? And, and what do you think that could do for one of the, those kids' confidence? They they get their first major league crank against Justin Verlander, you know? Oh, big time, dude. Big time crank against JV to start can, your career. Uh-huh. I might crank if I see that. Or you yank and they'll crank. True. They crank, I'll do the yank. Go yanks. Uh, uh, somebody had uh, tweeted this to me. Uh, tweeted he? that uh the yankees are only uh like it's like a bone that that they're throwing us it's like i gotta that they're calling up Dominguez and wells and it's like a more gaslighting and you know what i'm not gonna disagree but Mm -hmm. i don't really care the honestly i don't really care what the reason is right now it's the right thing to do yeah, it's the right thing to do, and there's really no precedent that has been set in this generation of Yankees where you can reference anything like that. This is a bad team. They're in last place and last place teams. If you have the system, if you have prospects in there, then you're going to call them up and give them a shot at the end of it all when when there's really nothing else to play for. So I, I, I do see that that could be a possibility, that this is kind of like same with like Jeter, the Jeter announcement for Old Timers Day. It might be kind of a, a distraction of what, the, the root of the problems are, but it's, it's something that you'd hope that they would do at this point. So whether it's gaslighting or not, it's like you said, it's the right decision to make right now. And I don't even care what the reasoning is for right. it right now, because it's the, it's the right call. If you're going to, if you're going to, if the, if you're going to miss the postseason and be this bad, why not give us something to watch why not give us something to be hopeful about why not give us like a glimpse of the future like i said what do we need any more jake bowers for i mean right. yeah why why do we why would we billy mckinney's on the il i feel like he was only placed there because they needed a roster spot it's one of, to me it feels like one of those phantom il things why would we need to see more billy mckinney why would we need to see more we don't we don't no. need to see any more of these guys don't give us Boring bullshit baseball that got us to this point in the to begin with. Let's get these kids up here. Let's let's feel a little bit hopeful about the future. And whether or not that's the Yankees, you know, and we said like they're gonna they're gaslighting us and it doesn't 
they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. It's still the right thing to do. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to flip my shit over it. Like I no. know some people are. Let's see. What, what's the deal with Bowers though? He's, he's been, he's been healthy for a bit, right? He's just not really I'm playing. He's not much. playing. And yeah. That's okay. The, so good, I mean, good, I, good, good. I know he's a pre-R player. So that's I think why I wasn't, Yankees... I'm kind of hesitant with him because I could see them maybe wanting to still see what he has in case they decide to go with him in some sort of a competition for left field next year. But he's like a knock around guy, dude. Yeah, I think time. we know what Jake Bowers is. He's exactly. got pop in his bat, but he's not a, he's not a major league hitter. I'm sorry. No, that's the key. We know who he is. We might see above average play from him occasionally, but we know who he is. And you so know what the problem let's is? Find he, the guys that we don't know anything on yet. Field the ball. What'd you say? He can't field the yeah, ball. Big time, big time. That's a big, big problem. He sucks. That's the deal with Bowers. That's what. Oh I, yeah, I mean that's Foxy the problem. Said in the chat. He, what number Bowers? for Martian? Do you know the number that he's going to be rocking? I had 60? heard eighty. I heard eighty nine. Somebody mentioned eighty nine. Ooh, I like yeah. NYY Underground posted in the chat. It seems like eighty nine. Ooh, eighty nine to ninety nine. Do we get a seventy nine? What's Pereira wearing? Does he wear? What is he? No, he's not seventy nine. Is he? That would be pretty cool. Oh, I honest, honestly, I never, never noticed. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Let me see here. Maybe it's someone will say it in the chat before I find it. Eighty. Is it 80? I, yeah. it's, I don't know. This is where, like, I have not intentionally not watched the game since they've been out of it. But if I'm outside playing with my daughter, I don't yeah. rush inside at 7 o'clock to watch the game. I turn it on when we're done playing outside. And it's it's all, it's background noise right now. Unless, there's a, mm -hmm. unless they're winning or there's a reason to take notice. Or, like, last night I was really locked into the game because Garrett Cole was pitching. So... I'll be locked into his starts because I want to see him win a Cy Young this year. And, you know, like if right. Volpe's up, if I or judge, like I'll, I'll look up and watch the TV. But I mean, it's hard to be as emotionally invested. Like I know I, I still cheered for Volpe's home run today, but it's going to, you know, you need, you, you're still going to get excited over moments like that, but to be in every single pitch where it's like, you, you know, it's it's hard, right? You know, it's it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, they right. did. <laughs> you know, and I saw somebody. Um, how do you call it? Like they tweeted, like it's getting, it's getting hard saying that the Yankees have to go so and so. I was like, dude, like they're not making the playoffs. Like don't, like just let it go at this point. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like, let it go. It's not gonna happen, man. Like they're they're done. They I threw in the towel on the season when they blew that game in Miami. Like the when they they had that that cold start on Sunday when they had a yeah, chance I to mean, come on. to win that series and they were up what seven three in the ninth and Clay yeah. Holmes. Yep, that was uh, it. That was it. That was the dagger. That was it. That was it for me. That was it for Same me. Here. And, uh, yeah, I mean look look, they're ten and a half games out of a wild card tomorrow, September. That's it's unattainable. And I was talking to somebody today, and it's like, well, they're only ten, only they're only no, ten right. games out. Like, there's a on. month left, not even. How many games do they have have left? They've played what, uh, 134 games. So there's 28 games yeah, left. Yeah, 28 games left. And you, you know, I'm one of the biggest like uh, positive. I know mm -hmm. sometimes I'm on here and super negative, but like I, I'm always positive about the outlook. Like. 
in my mind at least like oh they can do this they'll do it they'll do it they'll do it and like you can't get me there bro like they they could go what they could go 26 and 2 i don't think they would make they they would make the postseason that's how dire things it are it wouldn't be them, a guarantee right? even that good it wouldn't push them through i mean they do have teams ahead of them that are on their schedule but i mean come on i'm i'm optimistic too with this stuff but the glass is half empty this is empty bro like yeah no, yeah the glass it's there's like a little dribble and it's just not even worth it at this point no it's like uh when somebody's in a really bad car accident and they're not legally dead but there's no but the doctor tells you there's no brain activity yeah. like that's that's yeah, where they are right vegetables. now vegetables <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of just like where they are right now um but you know what's wild though is that uh the friggin' angels who did go for it and then co- fell on their face. Like they literally put everybody on, on waivers that, that they was traded. That was enough, man. That was, that was insane, man. And that just to lead right into it, you know, there are opportunities for guys like Dominguez and Wells because the Yankees sent two veterans packing this week. And, uh, one of them was Wash Donaldson. They they just straight up released him, and uh, he landed on his feet already. He signed with a minor a minor league deal with the Brewers, who the Brewers will be here uh, next week, which is interesting. Maybe they'll let Donaldson play on for the, uh, the Yankees on Old Timers Day. Uh, they're not the, playing this year. Not playing a game. I don't think they're they're doing it ever again. Yeah, they're done since that COVID season. I, I doubt they'll do it again. I don't know, dude. Like, I, I would rather. I don't. I never really needed to see the old timers game. I always equated the old timers game to like preseason football. I always think I'm gonna enjoy watching it, and then I turn it on. I'm like, it's, I really don't want to watch this. You know, I've been to a couple old timers day, uh, old old timers days, and it's just like, okay, trot them out. Let me cheer for them, and then let's play the real game. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm on the same boat. That's where I'm at, right, with that, but. Uh, and the other one is that Harrison Bader was placed on waivers and he was claimed by the Cincinnati Reds today. So he's no longer a Yankee. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll say a goodbye to Wash Donaldson later, but I want to just touch on Harrison Bader right now. Um, wife just texted me that my daughter told her that she wants to be Beast from Beauty and the Beast for Halloween. Nice, nice. Is that, are you going to be Belle then? I guess I would have to be, right? Yeah, or a teapot. I don't I never saw Beauty and the Beast, so I don't know. I guess there's a teapot involved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they come Te- to life. Teapot, okay. Okay. All right. Uh teapot. I would love to I would love to do uh see Mike Francesa do a watch along of Beauty and the Beast. Dude. Okay, they're about to do the hit song Beauty and the Beast. Okay. All right. Oh wow, he he, he turns into uh, a man. Okay, I don't know if I like that. Okay, it's about image. Okay, like really critiques it. Oh, back to Harrison Bader, right? So now the book is done on the on the uh, Jordan Montgomery trade, and he's. I mean, wow! You want to talk about teams falling on their face? The Texas Rangers are are they they fell in what third place now? They haven't really. Uh, they're, they're in third in the wild card right now, but as far as their division goes, they are in third place, but they're a game, they're a game back. So they're, they're three teams separated 
So buy ever since they they had stolen uh, roll call uh, from from the, from Yankees fans, oh, yeah. uh, they they kind of went and been on a downward spiral. So it's like kind of get your own thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Montgomery's over there pitching in a, in a playoff race and uh, doing pretty well. Okay. Very good over there. Uh, yeah. And now Harrison Bader is no longer a Yankee. And, you know, we heard rumors that the Yankees had trade for Bader on the table. Who knows what they could have got for him. And they ended up letting him go for nothing. Mm-hmm. But here's the situation, right? Now it's time to look back at that trade. Would you still make the trade? And I have to say, I'm not going to change my opinion. I think the Yankees still should have made the trade, the, the Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery trade, because we have to look at the facts of the situation at the time. Number one, the Yankees had no outfielders. Okay, they, they didn't want Aaron Judge playing center field anymore. They needed a center fielder. This guy was not a good defensive center fielder. He was an elite defensive center fielder. That's number one. Number two, Jordan Montgomery did not factor into the Yankees postseason plans. Okay. And he's not a guy whose stuff translates into coming out of the bullpen. So you had Seve, you had uh Nestor, you had Cole, they traded for Montas and they thought that uh, they had Pablo Lopez on the way as well. It didn't work out, but they had those four guys. And even if you had those four guys, you usually only go with four starters in the postseason, And they were all pegged ahead of Jordan Montgomery. It was to me, it was worth, the risk now the idiotic thing of what brian cashman does all the time is he traded for bader while bader was injured we only got a a little bit of bader in september he was super hot in the postseason and then guess what an injury prone guy got hurt and he had a i mean what was the ops this year 640 something right seven home runs batted what like 230 i don't have the stats in front of me but it wasn't uh it wasn't any great shakes. He came off the IL the first time. He got hot. I think that was the majority of his friggin' home runs happened in like that week or two span that he came off the IL. But he had proved himself to be a guy that can't hit right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of important to do that when you're a right-handed hitter and you're going to play every day because the majority of pitchers in baseball are right-handers. So, right. I mean... Ultimately, like we debated this. We talked about it when he came off the IL and he was hot that do you extend the contract to uh, Bader in the offseason? And, the, like, the thing that we talked about at the time is, like, you couldn't trust his health. And now, you know, the way the season played out, you can't trust him to be an everyday player based on the fact that he can't hit, right? Right. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not upset over anything. I, I'm just – it sucks it didn't work out. He was a likable guy, high-energy mm-hmm. guy. It just didn't work out here. And, you know, he got emotional. He was talking to the to the media during the game today when when uh it appeared, you know, when the when the news came out. He was a New York kid. He got to, he got to live his dream of playing with the Yankees. You know, a lot of people on social media are crying about it. I don't I'm not there. Harrison Bader barely played a year with the Yankees. So I mean, I why I liked him and uh I hope that it would have been a better situation for not only him, but the team in his time here, it's going to be one of those guys where, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you're like, Oh, he was a Yankee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like seeing him talk about it definitely didn't, I didn't enjoy seeing that he, he was definitely emotional about it today, but I mean, he's also, he's also going to a team that's in the middle of a playoff race right now. So let's not be too, 
upset over it. He's getting to play, you know, meaningful baseball. And it just didn't seem like he was the option. We have a center fielder. That's our top prospect in the system. So it's just not maybe optimal to bring this guy back to begin with. And he was really bad offensively this year, man. 240 at, uh, batting average and his on base percentage was 278, only 38 points higher than his average. You want that to be at least 100. And his OPS was uh, 643. Okay, so it's, I had it. I had it. Okay. Yeah, you were dead on. Now, looking back on it, would I still make the move? I would, based on his postseason performance last year alone. I thought that was. You can't say it was worth it because he wasn't technically a rental, but that was a big playoff push that he had last year. Did he lead the American League in home runs? Or maybe someone, probably someone on Houston ended up taking over, probably Alvarez. But, you know, he had a great postseason last year, like you said, which is really the biggest point to make is that Montgomery was not in their plans for the playoffs last year. The move was for the playoffs last year, and he was awesome in the playoffs last year. So it was the right move to make. It's disappointing how it went this year, but I, I would make the move again. It's just, it, it kind of like the hindsight of hindsight of it kind of sucks because Montgomery's been really good. Um, You know, his last five starts, he's pitching to a 2.3 ERA. He was, he wasn't great for the Yankees, but I always thought he was serviceable. He was someone he, he was, could go out know, and he was reliable, reliable, was. reliable, big time reliability for them. It just you could get a guy that could start center field for you for a guy that wasn't even in your playoff plans. And so I would make that move again. It's just it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. I'm, I'm not going to knock Cashman for that move, although I do think Montgomery was a reliable arm that could have still done it here in New York. I mean, uh, you know, good old reliable Monty took the uh, outside of the time. He had Tommy John, man, like this guy never missed starts. I mean, I know it's like he missed because of Tommy John, but like, yeah, you know, there's guys that, you know, they miss, they have, you know, they miss like five, 10 starts a year, every year. I mean, he never, he takes the ball every day and you could literally write it in blood. He was going to give you six innings and allow two or three runs like the 95% yeah. of the time. That was Monty bang, bang, bang. You could, you could count on that. So, I mean, I was more upset when Monty was traded because I always had an affinity for Monty because of how reliable he was and how consistent that he was. But uh, you have to realize that it was a move the Yankees needed to make at the time. And it just, it hasn't worked out for them. And that's just kind of the, the, the story of, uh, of the way things go for them right now. It's just, it's unfortunate that it just, they, whatever, even if they do something that you feel is right, it's just not working out for them. So I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. Someone asked in the chat, I think this is a good question to kind of supplement what we're talking about here. Uh, Dr. Hitskins. If, if the Yankees signed Ben and would that have been worth it? Why wouldn't it have been worth it? Because right. we remember who is our starting left fielder this year? Oswaldo Cabrera. The- a lot of them, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Pre- that would have been worth it. So you would have had three legitimate outfielders this year. You would have not, the one thing that everybody's killing the Yankees on right now, and rightfully so throughout the course of the season, is how, as a championship team, that you went, that you, or what you told everybody was a championship team, how you went into the season without a left fielder. Right. And you would have had Ben and Bader and judge. I mean, that that would have been a yeah. pretty solid outfield to go into the season with. For sure. 
So I don't, I don't think that the signing of Benintendi would have changed my opinion on it at all because we the, it was supposed to be Benintendi, Bader, and Judge in the outfield in the postseason, and unfortunately, Benny right. got hurt. I mean, you would have went to you would have went to battle with that outfield last year. So, for sure. And you know, Francis is asking in chat, does Benny make that much of a difference? And yeah, to me, he. I know you look at the overall numbers and they're kind of, they don't jump off the page at you, but what he does is he's an actual outfielder. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And number two, you're putting a left-handed contact hitter on at the beginning, at the top of his lineup in front of Aaron judge. Yeah. Which another thing the Yankees don't have is they don't really have a true leadoff hitter. No, seven, seven Oh three OPS two for Ben attendee this year. So. And I, that might have taken a jump at Yankee Stadium where he could have been yep. pulling the ball a little bit more. I mean, And a he, jump in a lineup with Aaron Judge, too, just maybe seeing better pitches. No, obviously, I think a lot of us would have realized that a guy, guy like Bellinger might have been the better play than Ben Benintendi, yeah. but they weren't in on that either. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of things to look at, at misses and that they that they had in the offseason. And, you know, we've we got time to break that down because there's 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 really not a there's no not much them. else to, to break down here. Um, mm. But let's take before we get into some news that came out today about Hal Steinbrenner. Let's take this time to uh, say uh, goodbye once and for all to Wash Donaldson. No one is going to miss you. OK, absolutely nobody. Uh did the Yankees wait too long in getting rid of him? Yeah, I mean, this shit should have happened in the offseason. I mean, really, the Yankees were... I don't know if the Yankees were lying to themselves or they fooled themselves, but uh, the fact that they thought that you were the stupid ones for thinking he could have a bounce-back year was just one of the most egregious things that they've done in the last few years. And the guy proved to be washed. He proved to be, you know... Lived up to his name. Lived up to his name right there. And yep. he's gonna go down as it's gonna go down as a major failure on Brian Cashman's part that he acquired this guy and he didn't come anywhere close to being the MVP player. He didn't even come close to being a guy that when we had lowered expectations for him of a guy that would hit 20, 25 home runs driving 60 to 70. He didn't even come close to that for the Yankees. No, he, oh. he was he was no Gio Rochella for the Yankees. We'll say that. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's gonna that's gonna live down. That's gonna live in infamy for Brian Cashman to go to to say that uh, we appreciate everything. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, yeah. we appreciate everything Geo did for us, but he's no Josh Donaldson, and that proved yeah. out to be true because that yeah. that uh, that stat comparison thing where you put two players in and all their numbers are side by side. I think the only thing that Josh Donaldson had him on was was uh, home runs. <laughs> Amazing. Not good. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the things the Yankees tell you that they couldn't do because, oh, budget or whatever, I mean, they turned around and they traded for this guy and had a $50 million on his contract. So, I mean, it's it was a brutal – I mean, you want to talk – you want to – we always say this, right? We're going to go back in time, right? We thought that – I thought that the Montgomery move was the right one, a good one to do at the time, and but I did not like the Wash Donaldson move at all. And it had nothing to do with who we gave up because it was time to move on from Gary. And it was, in my opinion, it was time to move on from Geo. The problem was, is that Josh Donaldson was not the answer and taking on his salary was not the answer. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the answer because the expectation for him was that he was going to be a major part of this offense. And it's like, 
why are you adding another right-hander, a right-handed hitter, to make this offense better? So right away, that decision to make that trade was a, a wash for me. Because just because of that alone, I'm sick of making moves for guys that are right-handed. They need to start making moves for left-handed hitters. That, that's it. I mean, it is amazing that the Yankees have that ad, that advantage of their home ballpark, and they just refuse to sign left-handed yeah. hitters. I mean, I was thinking about it today. You could even compare it across other sports. Is the Yankee short porch and right field the biggest advantage in all of sports? Because the only other one I could possibly think of is maybe like Seattle, so the Seahawks, the the like the twelfth man factor of the crowd, the 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 how loud it gets there. But like, what other sort of advantages, like home field, home court advantages, do teams have in other sports that gives them as much of an advantage as that right field porch, dude? And uh, there's somebody in the chat saying Rizzo was a bust. That's absolutely false. Rizzo was not a bust. I mean, the guy hit 32 home runs last year. He was on a, on a pace to do similar type damage this year until Fernando Tatis ran into his head Man, no. and the Yankees misdiagnosed a concussion. I mean, I can't. Uh, we're not going to call Anthony Rizzo a bust. I mean, if he doesn't come back from this, then maybe you want to say that. But the guy, when healthy, performed yeah. on the field. It's something that a lot of guys that have uh, come here have not done. No, he, per- he performed. He performed. I think the the negative that you can look at with the Rizzo deal, it has nothing to do with his capabilities. It had more to do with what else was available that they decided to pass on in favor of Rizzo. But I, he's been, sir, he's been okay here, but he's not, he's not the options that they should have really gone after. Um, we discussed, I mean, we just, we've discussed that in the past. Uh, Rizzo not was a failure. A clear- he was a clear third option in that offseason when Freeman was a free agent and they, Matt Olson was going to get traded. He was a clear third option, mm-hmm. and the Yankees took him because he was the safest and cheapest option for them, and that's why they took him. So, uh, And I hate saying anything negative about Rizzo because we, you think about guys that just fit being Yankees, and he he's he's one of those guys. He he's a good teammate. He's uh he's performed on the field. I mean, it's just it's unfortunate what happened to him this year. Uh, and it's unfortunate that the Yankees he's a Yankee because the Yankees didn't want to take a bigger risk at first base. And I mean, you you, you want to talk about what this team would look like if they had Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson swinging oh from the God. left side, bringing swinging from the left side right now. I mean, I want you want to talk about, about yeah. I mean, you want to talk about the ways the Yankees could have kept themselves afloat while judge was injured. Now imagine if the, the type of seasons that Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson are having, that they could have kept the Yankees afloat while judge was out this year, you know, that, yeah, that, that's that, that stings more than passing on the shortstops. I, I know it's another hindsight where the, those shortstops aren't playing too great right now. And those, and the first baseman are playing uh, MVP caliber. But I don't know, man. I just when I picture the Yankees and I picture a good Yankees team, every good Yankee team had a first baseman that was elite. And I just don't know. Rizzo's an above average player, but I can't say he's on that level as Freeman. Uh, I mean, Freddie Freeman was my third. Freddie Freeman was the guy for me. I mean, I wanted him so bad. I just thought it was such a George move and a Yankee thing to do is to take the to take a guy like that off a championship team and, and spend a ton of money on him. They didn't do it. Right. I mean, there's no sense mm-hmm. in, in uh, 
you know, harping on it. But speaking of harping, I mean, Bryce Harper should be a friggin' Yankee. Another I mean, one. Very, I mean, it's just a lot of, and again, that goes back to last week. The Yankees chose John Carl Stan over Bryce Harper. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically what it comes down to because they weren't going to take on a contract like Bryce Harper a year after trading for John Carl Stan. So, I mean, it's, it's the choices that they have made have not, have not worked out. I mean, it's just, you look at everything that, you know, the, the Brian Cashman is the anti Midas touch. He just, it does not turn the, it turns to shit. I mean, you, okay. you got right. it. You, Greek mythology. Okay. We're going to do a deep dive. Okay. I mean, what would you think? I would almost say if Stan was traded anywhere else besides the Yankees, he would have had a couple more MVP years and might have stayed healthy. Who knows? Yeah. For the Cardinals. Just, I, didn't he turn down the Cardinals? Yeah. yeah. He was supposed to go there. And the Giants, too, I believe, right? Wasn't yeah, I think he, the Giants him? were another one he waved off. You know, that's what people got to remember. You know, oh, we got to trade Stan. Just dump him. Dump his money. Okay, well, what if he tells you to go fuck yourself? Which he can do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he has a full no trade. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. So, I mean, you know, it, it's... Uh, if Wash Donaldson is on the Major League roster when Milwaukee comes here and the Yankees... I swear to God, dude, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have like me sedate it if they play a tribute video for him because I'm gonna lose oh it. Oh my god. And they will they will play something, some sort of thank you. Yeah, thank oh. you for what? Being one of the biggest losers that I've ever I mean you, you I'm trying to think of like who's been a bigger loser for the Yankees than Wash Donaldson. Jacoby Ellsbury. I mean that's the I mean I guess that's the one right that's the yeah. one everybody's going to go to but do you want to be remembered in Yankee history as this, as as co big loser as Jacoby who <laughs> remember when we used to call him LOLsbury yeah like that's Jacoby he called him that so much that my my autocorrect would change Ellsbury to L- Lolsbury oh it's LOLsbury and Wash Donaldson I mean do you want that's the company you want to keep oh my god. Yeah, so please don't do the vi- don't do a video, don't do any sort of thank you. Oh, Pavano is another good one. Somebody said, in yeah, the chat. Pavano. I mean, these are these are not people that you want to be. In Kevin Brown, with. another one. Yeah, Kevin Phantom, Brown, Phantom Outsider, pointing those ones out for us. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, not good. Kobe, LOLs, Barry. What was worse, Hicks or Donaldson? Says ben, ask Benji Stoker. He's had a good season here. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of <laughs> leaning. Where I mean, although Hicks was here longer, but Donaldson came here and was a complete wash, and he was making 25 mil a year. Yankees got no good productivity out of uh Wash Donaldson. It was all garbage. I mean, and and I hate and the thing that I can say about Hicks is that when that contract was signed, I thought it was a good idea at the time. I thought because coming off that yeah. season, if he was going to be close to that player at temper, that was a really good deal. But he never did. I mean, he's another guy that spent most of his time here hurt and un- and not healthy. But at least I could say he had 20 he had, he had that 2018 season. Yeah. I didn't hate the move when it was made. I never I hated the move for Wash Donaldson when it was made and he sucked his entire time here. So honestly, I know shorter time period, but it's for me, I can't believe I'm saying it's Wash Donaldson. 
I think I would lean towards Donaldson. Wow. You know what's really standing out for me with Donaldson was his playoff performance last year and how terrible he was the worst offensive player for them last year because he kept coming up in the big spot and never got it done. But well, he had, oh, he had, we but hated he had, Hicks, though. He had really good at bats, though. That's what oh, you that's, don't know. He had uh, really you know what? Then I change bat. it. I, I hit Hicks. See, I forgot about that. He, he did have good at bats. I was looking more at the at the end results, which I thought was the most important part. But you're right. What do I think about Rodon? I don't think anything about Rodon right now. I'm just reading some some. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking. No, I mean, I like I like the I love the fire I see out of Rodon. He really wants wants to be a good pitcher. Which you know, I I, some guys like. So, not saying Sonny Gray didn't want it, but he didn't just his his type of style didn't quite translate. I think Rodon will translate, um, the, just the his personality type and the type of player he is. I can't. I'm not going to make any declarative statements about Rodon's contract and him as a Yankee after this year. It's he was hurt. He he's not been good. The team's not good. Let's. Give him a clean. If he comes into spring training healthy and makes thirty starts next year, let's let's give him that. Can we give him that, please? Uh, that's what I'm. Can can he have yeah, that? No, he he deserve he he should. We shouldn't. We there's the 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 jury's not out on Rodon yet. But yeah, I, I hear it. it's not it's not what you want. You don't want him to just uh, that he wants to be good, right? Like you want him to actually be good too, but. He didn't really get a fair chance at doing that. I, coming back, he looked sluggish. He had to find it. It was a spring training pretty much for him. And then he got hurt again. So I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's some good points being made in the in the chat. Rodon is a two-pitch pitcher. I didn't like that side aspect of him that yeah, I didn't he's gonna have to realize develop that. It. Yeah, he's going to have to develop something, maybe a change-up in the offseason to, to go with that slider and that in the in the fastball i mean i'm not i'm not there yet calling it another cashman pitching bust so no, i want I'm, I'm gonna give him another season here um yeah. so i uh, you know wash donaldson's gone and uh thank i mean again too little too late they still did it they cleaned up their they're starting to clean up their mess a little bit you didn't need him on you didn't need him coming back Taking out bats away from anybody. He's gone. It's over. Goodbye. 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 You're the you biggest, biggest link. That's Goodbye. what I was thinking. You're yeah. the biggest. You are the biggest. Loser. Maybe that. Goodbye. Maybe they could just play that. Like play it like a couple. Play the low lights for the tribute video and then end it with the weakest link. Or just play yeah. a, wa- a washing machine. Yeah. Okay. He's washed Donaldson. Okay. That's right. So, oh, um, you know, there's been some uh, some news coming out of the, out of the organization here as we try to as we uh, close out the show here. Okay. Um, uh, okay. That, okay. Go ahead. Wait a second. That, Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Wait a second. Okay. Got to go back and find it exactly. Okay. So what are we why, looking for here? Why, why don't you entertain yourself for a second? Okay, I will entertain myself in the chat. Okay, if anyone has any requests, while uh, Christian uh, does what he has to do over there. Okay, uh, this is uh, my friend Cesar here joining the podcast. I'm taking over. Okay, I'm gonna oh, do I've, it. Okay, I'm, it. I'm done. I found it. Okay. I had a call. 
So okay. Bob Clappish, okay, he had an article out yesterday, and it, I'm just going to read some quotes from it. It says, okay. contrary to the belief of boss haters on social media, I'm told the owner is deeply upset at the franchise's downward spiral. The young boss plans to hold everyone accountable once the season ends. And that's where Aaron Boone comes in. I heard weeks ago the manager would be in trouble if the Yankees were to finish in last place, and that door, I'm told, is still wide open. So basically they come in last, Boone is gone. Yes. And there's an, another further interesting point uh, coming out of this is that um, if Boone were to be fired, it would be because Hal Steinbrenner overrode Brian Cashman and uh, that Brian Cashman is not going to go, quote, unchecked this offseason. So it would, based on these articles that are coming out, it does seem like Hal is going to be a little bit more active in in things this offseason here. Yeah, which is good to hear. We'll see how much that translates to the actual operations of, of things, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think I also saw something today, yeah, like with the with the analytic department, maybe an outside source to come in and kind of clean up that their analytics. Um I I, I don't know. We'll see. For for me, it doesn't matter about last place. I, I don't care what what I guess would be the true judge, uh, the true marker for whether or not they bring Boone back is if they finish under five hundred. Because if they can go on a run here in September and have a really good September, finish above five hundred, and they end the year on a on a high note, then I could see them bringing Boone back because you'll have a whole new regime coming in next year with the kids getting a true crack at a full season. And you might not want to change house or you could do that and give the kids a fresh voice. But the Yankees don't usually fire managers. They usually just don't rehire, resign those managers. Um, I don't need I guess the last Yankee manager to get fired was Buck Showalter. Was he even fired or was he just let go? Or, or not brought back. So there's a difference um, there. Yeah, and and Boone is under contract. Boone is under contract. So they might decide to honor that contract. So and the AP caught up with uh, Hal today and they said, and this is quotes from Hal, we'll learn a lot in September and we'll learn a lot in, in the spring. Steinbrenner told the AP as he left the Yankees complex in Tampa. That's why I didn't want to trade these guys away at the deadline. We traded away too many guys the last few years, so I think it will be exciting. So that's kind of a – this is where he loses me, though, dude. That's kind of a shot at your general manager right there. That was a that was a Hal quote? Hal quote. Yeah, that's a shot. That's a shot at your GM. And it's also like, why then why weren't why weren't they called up at the deadline? That that should have been the day that all of these kids came up. If that's truly the the motive of of what you want to see out of these kids, then at that point, call them up. Just amazes me that this team they do need to have an outside company come in and look at the way this team is run because it's dysfunctional. This team yeah. is a, a complete dysfunction right now. That he's going to disagree with things that his general manager has done in the past, but he doesn't get rid of the general manager. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, talk it, about dysfunction. It's wild, bro. Like, if you're, if that's you're, if you are upset with things that somebody that works for you does, like, why, 
why do you not get rid of them? It just it just all goes back to that he sees him more as family. It's it's not he's not his employee. He's his brother. Has you to know be. you know what a lot of companies they don't they don't hire their family members for this exact reason. It's so. exactly right. I think that's where they're at, man. I think they've they've grown up together. They've spent most of their lives together. Because you got to think how. Now that's one thing I never really looked into too much was how in the organization at all when George was still running things did Hal have any sort of input or any sort of position that you I know of? I don't really know. It was it yeah. was kind of uh, it was characterized as something that was just kind of like left to him after yeah. uh, George passed, and then they and then the the, the other general uh, the general partners didn't want Hank running shit mm-hmm. after the whole A Rod thing. So I guess he was just kind of he might have been I'm sure sure he had was doing something. He's not really a he's not really a baseball guy. He's a business guy, man. Like I know what people want to rip on him for that, but like he doesn't need to be a baseball guy. He just needs to hire baseball guys. And right. Not the frustrating thing here is that again we say it all the time. It's you know he just refuses to get rid of Brian Cashman, and he you know oh Brian's not going unchecked this off season. I didn't want to trade all these guys. I didn't like that we traded all these guys away. Well. Bring in somebody else then to do a different job, bro. Like I don't that I don't understand. Like it just so then that that's where Omar Manaya and Brian Sabian must come into play this year. And that's kind of it's like kind of awkward though at this point. If you're talking this way about the team. Well, that's that I think it was in the Clappish article is that it was said that more power would be delegated to Sabian and Manaya in the offseason. Yeah, I can just can't you see that? Maybe being like a clash, yeah. Yeah. Something different has to be done because uh, Pete said this yesterday in our group chat, and I I really do agree with him. The Yankees are not that far away if they can figure out how to – if they can figure out the front office. They're really not that far away. Yeah, it's it's almost like a puzzle and they have a few pieces – but you can't complete the puzzle until you find those pieces. And, and here's missing. the thing. Here's here's what the Yankees have that nobody else has. Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. You start right. there. And now Pereira, Peraza, Volpe, Dominguez, Wells. That's five guys that are going to be up here every day. These are your top prospects. These are your young, your young kids. You got to hit on three of them, right? You hit on three of them to be consistent, everyday major league ball players, mm-hmm. good ball players. That's your core right there with judging three of those guys, right? And then you supplement, and then you just got to find ways to supplement that outside the organization. Yep. And then you're, you know, you hope that uh, Nestor comes back healthy and can be, you know, close to what he was. Rodon is going to be that one B that we all hoped he was. You have Garrett Cole, you know, you hear guys like Drew Thorpe and, 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 and uh, Will Warren, hopefully one of that. You see what the – I don't think – I've really – my eyes have been open to Clark Schmidt this year. Yeah. But I think he really can be an effective back end of the rotation guy. He's in a he's, – he's kind – I don't know where he ranks right now, but he's got to be in the top five, top ten at least of – of uh, starts with allowing three or runs or less this year. I know he doesn't go deep into games, but that's something – and that was something that I said to myself when I was watching the game today because – he, they, they even fooled WFAN in the fifth inning here because Boone 
went to the mound. They thought he was coming to get Schmidt. They went to commercial, and then they came back, and uh, Shackle was doing the game. He was like, well, Boone didn't actually get him. There was a – he faced – I think it was uh, – I don't even remember, but he got him to pop out. And I was like, yes, this is what you need to be doing right now. You don't need to be mm-hmm. running to the friggin' bullpen – at the first sign of trouble right now, let Schmidt go. Let him work out of these situations. Let him get, let him build his arm up. Let him pit, throw 100 pitches. Let's see what this kid has got. Because if you can get a guy that can pitch the way Schmidt has been the most of the season, that can go a little bit deeper in the games as your five, that's pretty damn good. This It's more important about getting Schmidt to that place right now than running to your friggin' bullpen in the fifth inning. Absolutely, especially with where they're at right now. Yes, um, exactly. And so as of this was from August 8th, Clark Schmidt was fourth. Um, in the league for most starts this season, allowing three runs or uh, three or less runs. Sonny Gray was number one at this time. It might, it's probably different now. Garrett Cole and Blake Snell were tied for with 20 and then 19 for Schmidt at that point. But he's gotten a couple more I believe since then. Cole leads league and starts with two or runs or fewer. So uh, yeah, I, don't that's tra- I don't know how that translates one. into three or runs or fewer, but uh, yeah, man. Like, and they mentioned this on the broadcast on the Yes Network last night that. You know, Boone has not been so quick to the bullpen. And that's the thing you have to if if you're wanting if you're stretching out Michael King, I don't like the idea of Michael King being a starter, but if you're if you're stretching him out, let him go. Right. As long as you're not jeopardizing his health, let him go. These games mean nothing. I hate the fact that we're basically in exhibition games right now with a month to go in the season, but you need this this season is done, right? This season is over. Don't I hate, the same I hate as- that I I used to use the phrase glorified spring training for the regular season because that's what I used to think it was for the Yankees. And now it is glorified spring training, but in the exact opposite direction of what I would say. Don't let it don't let this leak into next year. Get as many answers as you can now. Yeah, right. Know who the core of this team is and then go out in the offseason and fix the problems. Right. Yeah. You know. Could you see a scenario where Pereira, Dominguez, and Judge is the outfield next year on opening day? I think it's the honestly, I think it's probably the most likely scenario that we we head into the offseason with into the, into the next season with because it, honestly, it, it requires the Yankees to do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the cheapest route that they can go, and it might be the smartest route that they can go too, especially if you're going to give. Herrera the rest of the season and you give Dominguez the rest of the season. And then you can adjust off that. If these guys are not cutting it and the team is hovering around a playoff spot, then you can adjust and go and make moves in the offseason. The Yankees were so unprepared. I think that's a perfect, they were unprepared Mm -hmm. to make a run this year. They were really, they really were. They didn't come into the season in in the right frame of mind with the holes that they had. And they just, and then at the, they, they just didn't have a plan at the at the deadline. They were unprepared the entire season, and this is why you're witnessing a last place team that's under 500 right now. Totally. And if they did have a plan, it wasn't a very good one. It wasn't one that makes a playoff contender. Because I had heard somewhere along the way that the Yankees were a gun ho on Bellinger. They were going to go all in on him, and then once the Cubs pulled him back, they had. You mean you your whole entire trade deadline was centered around one guy? That's be, again, that's being unprepared. 
They they came into the season with no with no left fielder. They came into the season with Wash Donaldson as a third baseman. They came into the season with 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 a, a pretty poor, in my opinion, even though Trevi was a was a platinum glove winner. I still didn't like the catching situation. Mm-hmm. They should have done something with Glaber Torres. I mean, they were just totally unprepared. They didn't they, have a left fielder, right? They didn't have a true closer. I don't care what Clay Holmes is not a closer, guys. Like. I, un- I don't care what that stretch was that he was on in the middle of the year when people were like, well, see this. No, he's not a closer. No. They were unprepared for this season, and you're seeing the result of it right now. Don't go into 2024 with the same unpreparedness. Get answers now. Know who's going to be a part of this team. Get rid of it. That's why, you know what? I'm actually in a position here or in a spot right now where I feel good a little bit better about the way this organization is being run only for the fact that even though it's not a hundred percent, maybe it's 70% right now that they're trying to clean up their mistakes. Hicks was DFA'd. Bader was put on waivers when you know that he has no future here and you want the open roster spot for these young guys. They release wash Donaldson. They're trying to clean shit up. And you just hope that now in this off season, go just full turn right now. Yeah, it's just the unfortunate part is that they did it when they did it, you know, oh, to yeah. not to not get anything for Bader and to just kind of toss the season or punt the season away with with nothing to show for it. Similar to the Angels, the team that we've been comparing them to this whole season. That's not again, it goes back to that plan and they're just their vision for what this team is. It's just a pure delusion. Go out there, figure. Okay, you don't want to touch the outfield. You're going to tell me Peraz, it's it's Pereira, Dominguez, Judge. Okay, fine. Do not come into the season without acquiring a, a, a legitimate closer. Do not come into 2024 without doing that. Do not come into 2024 with without an answer on Glaber Torres. And what I mean by an answer on Glaber Torres is that either he has an extension. Or he's traded. Yeah, man. He, you call. cannot come into 2024 with Glaber Torres playing out the string. That is just not. That's that's a malpractice right there. That's that's such a a solid point that it's it, it you his future needs to be decided before this season starts. That's it's such a such a true thing. In this Tiger series, is is Glaber Torres in a nutshell? Right. The home mm-hmm. runs. He's he's been hot. A thousand OPS in August, right? And what happened today, dude? He yeah. couldn't turn three double plays. Three double plays that he could not turn directly led to three Tiger runs. The Yankees yeah. lost four to three. And now you're not going to get upset over the game because what does it matter in the long run? But this is Glaber Torres right here. Commit or trade him. You know what he is, man. Is he is, is he maturing a little bit more at the plate where he can be closer to a guy that's going to hit 25, 30 home runs, maybe hit 270, be an 800 OPS guy? Okay, you like all that, but is he going to also be a guy that's going to have these errors and lapses in the field that, that cost you runs? If you can live with that and you want the, you want the hitter and sign him, extension. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. If not, trade him. You have to you have to make a decision about Glaber Torres that has to be like a number one of things the Yankees do in the offseason. Make a decision about Glaber Torres. In fact, Ryan, I'm going to go as far as to say this: not even to go into spring training. 
the winter meetings that those meetings should not close without an answer on Glaber Torres' future with the New York Yankees. He's either he's your second baseman in the next seven, eight years, or he's somebody else's second baseman. You cannot leave the winter meetings where Glaber Torres is still on this team without an extension. Yeah, and you you've talked about it from this point on until the next season starts. The the main objective for this team has to be to to rid themselves of question marks, and that's Glaber Torres is a question mark for their future. It is what what is his best value or what is the the outcome for this guy uh, for the New York Yankees? So that's just gonna get rid of that question mark. And that's something that they've struggled with for the last few years. Now it's too many question marks, too many unanswered questions, too many areas that are just toss ups and you don't know what you're going to get. And that's something that you can either ditch them or bring them back for an extension. And this is uh Medina uh, was questioning. Well, why is it, I guess as the closer look, Nobody on this team has better stuff to be a closer than Jonathan Weisick. Mm-hmm. He's not reliable. No. Uh, and look, Josh Hader's available. Maybe they go and get and he could be their big offseason signing. Pam, you you have a guy that's on your has been on your team since wow, I remember probably what? It's Who, the Weisica? 2019, right? I think it was the year before COVID he made his de- he was with the Yankees. He's been around uh, for a while now. Made his debut and yet well 2018 he made his he, he pitched in nine games, but his rookie year I guess would've been uh 2019. Yankees acquired him because the the Giants gave up on him because he had an injury history. Huh. So, so the Yankees picked him up and what's has been his what's been the biggest problem with Jonathan Lewisica since he's been a Yankee, Ryan? Is is lack of stay on the, the he can't stay on the field yeah, right so that's not a guy that you yeah, can his rely stuff on. is great but no i can't rely on him you're right cannot rely on loisica to be your closer i mean you have to go out there and acquire somebody you can't come into you can't come into the season without question with, with as many question marks man like i heard somebody say that you, you're supposed to adjust at the offseason. I I want the Yankees to be in a position where they don't do anything at the trade deadline and not like mm-hmm. they did this year because of their sheer stupidity, yeah. but because they don't need to do anything at the trade deadline because they are good enough as constituted because they 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 uh, answered all their questions in the offseason. Now, if somebody gets hurt, God forbid, and you got to go pick somebody up, that's a different story. But don't come into 2024 with all these question marks and then tell us that you're a championship team. That just it doesn't work like that. This, 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 the, the sinking of the Titanic is what's basically happening with the Yankees right now. And it's the writing's been on the wall for a few years, and it just happened that we cratered and hit an iceberg this season. We're sinking. Does that are we the violin players on the boat as the fans? I never saw the movie. Okay. Oh, no, you never sat down and watched a little Titanic. Once I heard it was three hours, I was like, I'm out. I remember when I rented that movie, a blockbuster, dude. It came in two VHSs. That's right. I was gonna was. say I bought it for my sister for her birthday or Christmas one year, and I was like, a two V. I was like, nope, I'm never watching this shit. <laughs> yeah, I look, it's not worth it. I, no, I, it's not. Yeah, you, know, you and and the, and the ending's kind of spoiled. Yeah, everybody knows the right. ending now. Right. Okay. All right. Could have fit on the door. Okay. 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 Rose, Rose. Oh, yeah. So then Mike's going to watch that too, you think? Okay. There was room on the door. Okay. I, I thought that Jack could get on the door. Uh, Kate Winslow's character, Rose, she tosses the gem at the end. Why, why'd you do that? Okay. Should have held on to the ruby. Okay. 
Oh, I mean, you're hearing all this shit out of how now it's time to take action. You want to you want to be your dad. You want to say Brian's going unchecked. You you don't you want to play the do it. You, you know what? Take control. Of, you know what? I would rather I would rather how take control of this organization and it sink even further next year than have Brian Cashman go unchecked. And because right. at least something at least something exactly. different was done. Right. And that was the thing with Volpe going into this year, where regardless of if it was a failure and it didn't pan out, it was the fact that they were trying something new and trying something for their future. Clearly, that made it worth it. Yeah, can so. somebody give me a timestamp of when like this ship starts sinking and then I'll watch it from there? I don't want to see all the all the not other nonsense, like when he paints her naked because it's PG-13. You're not going to see anything anyway. No, you see boobies and that. It's P- yeah. really or yeah, side. dude, is it? P- yeah, it's PG thirteen, but I guess because it was like an artsy scene, like he's drawing her. Oh, so nips maybe... or just side boob? I want to say it was nips. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but uh, I want to say there was some nip in there. And this is this is what happens when the Yankees are bad. We're talking about Titanic and nips. Yeah, dude. And yeah. So go. You know what, Hal. You're saying you're saying a lot of the right things right now. Act on it, okay? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt okay. here. Let's see here. At what time should I start watching the 19th of the iceberg? Okay, wait. All right, two hours and 44 minutes into the movie is when Rose and Jack plunge into the water. So a little before then is when you're going to want to start. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy. So you know what, Hal? You're saying all the oh right. You're God. saying a lot of the right things right now. Bringing somebody to evaluate your your mistakes of you hired all these people in the front office. You know, get a get get an outside opinion. I'll give you an. I'll give you my opinion. Fire them all, okay? <laughs> Fire them all. That's my opinion. Yeah, but maybe also, the outside maybe the outside source will just say that to him. Like, yeah, I think you just got to fire everybody, dude. This is bad. At the same time, man, you know what? This is your team. This is you're the owner. This is this is your father's legacy. This is ultimately going to be your legacy. Don't be the guy. Don't be the guy that saw the Yankees return to the Stump Merrill era of Yankee baseball, mm-hmm. where we had superstars. We had Dave Winfield. We had Don Mattingly, and never won anything. Don't don't be. You know, don't let it be that, dude. Seriously, you can, you have an opportunity. This is an unprecedented opportunity for Hal in this offseason. You're not going to get rid of Brian Cashman. Fine. Get rid of the manager. He doesn't belong here anymore. He's not a good manager. He, it, the, the ship is set. You, to use more uh, ship euphemism, the ship has sailed on Brian Cashman. On, uh, well, yeah, Brian Cashman, but the ship has definitely sailed on Aaron Boone. Okay. Yeah. Be and more, like, you're not, you're not going to miss it. No, and be more proactive in hiring the next manager. You didn't. You, it was said yeah. that after Joe Tor, uh, Joe Girardi went to Hal after uh, Cashman said he wasn't going to bring him back, and Girardi begged for his job. And and uh, how do you call it? Um, Hal said, "No, I'm going to stick with my general manager." In fact, also in all this shit that came out this week, there were a lot of people in. Hal Steinbrenner's ear saying to fire Aaron Boone after the 2021 season. Brian Cashman didn't want to. He deferred to his general manager. You cannot don't do it again. If your gut is telling you to fire Aaron Boone, do it. 
Okay, we will be 100% on board with you. you. I'm telling you right now, you can show your face. If you fire Aaron Boone, you can come to the stadium next year. No one will boo you. No, no one's going to boo you, man. No one's going to boo you. You, No one's going to boo you for that one, Hal. So. And just own it. Own it. You're the owner. Own it. It's your hey, team. How's... You okay, own Hirsch? the Yankees, dude. Hirsch says he's more, Hal's more clueless yeah, than Alicia Silverstone. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> so that movie was a good movie, a little weird that she, she bangs the stepbrother. Okay. Okay. I'm... It was uh, an early look. Okay. This is the clueless rewatch. Uh, Paul Rudd. Okay, was uh, a breakout star. Okay, I like Paul Rudd. Okay, I got a little man crush on Paul Rudd. He never ages. Okay, Ant Man, the first one, good movie. Okay, he likes Ant Man, the original. The first yeah, one. he really likes the. He liked the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. He told he was telling me, but you know, She Hulk wasn't good. Okay, they they kind of went more to quantity over quality. Okay. Yeah, man. So uh, tomorrow, uh, September first, it's the Yanks will be playing out the string, but the Martian will land in Houston along with uh, Chicken Parm Wells. The new, you know what? It's a, it's a new era of Yankee baseball. It's unfortunate that we're seeing it so quickly after the last quote new era, because in twenty sixteen it was Austin, Austin, Tyler, Austin, Judge. And uh, Gary Sanchez were up here. Right. And we had, you know, the previous year, Greg Bird came up here. So you had this influx of youth. It didn't work out, except for, obviously, Aaron Judge. Now, the second wave is here. And I'm I'm telling you, man, if the Yankees can, I think Volpe, we're going to put him in the hit column, right? Yeah, now so. Now you just leaves you. Pereira, Peraza, Wells, and Dominguez. Hit on two of those guys to go along with Volpe and Judge. And I'm telling you, this team's not that far away, man. If they can get a friggin' closer and they can just patch this thing back together and get Boone the hell out of here and fix the front. I know it sounds like a lot, but it, 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 these are not things that I think are impossible for this organization to do. No, everything you everything you just said is completely realistic. If two of those guys pan out on top of Judge Volpe and you clear Boone, you get a new voice in there. Then you could see this thing quickly turn around. This is bad right now, dude. Uh, it's as bad as we've seen it in our lifetime. Yeah, but uh, okay. you know, the Yanks will be playing out the string, and uh, the Martian will land a, in the Bronx at some point, and hopefully, he'll be in the lineup on uh, September twenty third for NYYU Day at the stadium in the Audi Club. Get your tickets. Limited quantities are still available. Come hang out with the NYYU crew. Okay, that rhymes. Ooh, that's nice, dude. The NYYU crew. Hey, does Dominguez come? I heard there's rumors that he's going to come out tomorrow, similar to how Michael Jordan did in Space Jam. When he comes out in the UFO in the middle of the field, you know, at the end of the movie, they drop yeah, him back I th- off. I was thinking more of like Steve Nebraska in the scout when he took Steinbrenner's when he takes Steinbrenner's helicopter to enter the stadium. Okay. Um, okay. But they're going to paint it to look like uh, a Martian ship. A, a UAE or UAP. Yeah. Un- unidentified aerial phenomena. Okay. Okay. That's what it's called now. Okay. So, uh, okay. So get your tickets for NYYU day at the stadium on uh, September 23rd, come out and hang out with everybody and uh, catch a, catch a glimpse of the Martian. Okay. Okay. And, my uh, favorite Martian. Okay. 
you're still in the chat, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Hit the like button, subscribe to NYYU. Uh, thank you very much for your continued support of NYYST and NYY Underground. We want to thank everybody for listening and watching episode 348. SGR, say goodbye. Go Yanks. Peace. Can't make a promise, but I do my best. 25 sitting on 25 racks. Just got started, no, we ain't done yet. But a new crib, that's a goddamn flex. Goddamn flex. Sign that check. Told them last year that I've been up next. Can't take calls, but I send that text. From way downtown, but it's just still wet.